Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Fuji Love Podcast. This is the show brought to you by Fuji Love Magazine for the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X Series or GFX. Head on over to FujiLove.com. My guest this week is Chris Upton. He is a tremendous Fujifilm landscape photographer, one of the very first Fujifilm X ambassadors, really. Uh, he has been uh, a great influence on many people aspiring to use the Fujifilm gear. Uh, his promotional videos with Fujifilm have been some of the best. They are literally little documentary movies uh, in a nice little bite-sized four-minute, six-minute uh, kind of time frame. And I recommend everybody check it out by going to any one of Fujifilm's YouTube channels. They are just really nice to look at. Even if someone isn't a fan of the Fujifilm gear, just being able to see his work has been really nice. It, it, it is just some of the best landscape work out there, bar none, uh, I would say. But I had a great conversation with him. So without any kind of delay, let's get right into that interview. Chris, welcome to the show. It's great to talk to you again. Uh, the, the last time I spoke with you was probably years ago on uh the x-line podcast that i that i did a while ago um it's been a while but man your photography has hasn't changed you've been doing phenomenal work and, and your landscape is just just breathtaking how's it going man that's very kind of you mark thank you thank you very much for the kind comments and uh, thank you for inviting me it's uh, it's great to be here um yeah um I, i'm Still involved in the travel, landscape, and social documentary photography. Um, really enjoying it, although obviously the travel has been somewhat curtailed uh, this year, which is um, really uh, frustrating. Uh, I guess it is for everybody, unfortunately. Um, hopefully, hopefully things are beginning to um, to improve slightly. So looking forward to um, being able to travel again, perhaps more to the very end of this year or into next year now. Yeah, I mean, we're still, uh, I mean, depending on when the person listens to this podcast, we, we are still uh, <laughs> ankle deep in COVID. Um, it's been a little bit harsher here. We, we've had an uptick on our side, uh, but I'm glad things are starting to get better on your side. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, I, and they are generally, but, uh, you know, there's always this threat of a of a second peak or whatever, but um Hey, let's forget about that and let's let's move forward and think think about positive things. <laughs> you know what the great thing about landscape photography is that it, it, it's social distancing is built right into it. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Well, I've got a workshop coming up um, a week tomorrow. There's a there's a period of time when um, in the landscape not very far from where I live in the Peak District, um, all the heather comes out. So uh, it's a fabulous time to visit, and uh, so I've got my first workshop. Uh, since January, I had to um, cancel or postpone all my other ones since then. So I'm really looking forward to getting out with a small group. And obviously, we take the precautions, but it'll be nice to get out again and, uh, you know, interacting. And of course, in, in the landscape, it means that we can we can stay apart and yet uh, we can still have a good day. So I'm really looking forward to that. That is really awesome to hear. 
the 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 fact that that you could still do that without um, bringing any kind of for lack of better word harm i guess um and uh tell me i i'm not from your neck of the woods when the heather comes out what what does that mean um okay so so i live in the center of uh, of the uk and uh, there's a national park that's about an hour from where i live it's called the peak district national park and it's an area of um, rolling sort of farmland in the south, but in the north there's gritstone uh, edges and moorland, and uh, in certain areas the whole area is just covered in heather, which um, you know it, it just when it blooms purple, it's just absolutely amazing. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean there's, there's images on 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 my website there, um, and uh, if you go to the UK gallery, but. Um, it, it is just phenomenal, it is, and particularly for light. I mean, as always, of course, with landscape photography, um, when the light's good, uh, I mean, it's even better. The beginning and the end of the day are just uh, are just fabulous. I shot yeah. there. I think it was um, two years ago now, and um, I, I, I wanted to be out there very early in the morning, pre-sunrise. So I sort of slept in the car. So you have to suffer for your art, I think. And uh, yes. well, I said slept in the car. I use that term loosely because it it was actually more of a catnap, you know. And uh, anyway, in the end, I got up and uh, I, I got out of the car about four o'clock, walked up onto the onto the top of the hill, and it was just absolutely amazing. I mean, it was it was almost like a privilege just to be there. Almost the photography was the icing on the cake, you know. The yep. sky was just the sky had taken the colour of, of the heather, so the sky was ready and purple. There was this riot of colour on, on on the ground in front of me. Beautiful landscape and uh, you know beautiful calm conditions, and I was the only one there. And it was just, oh, that's just great phenomenal, feeling. you know. It really was, and I think you know for me that's that's one of the benefits of of landscape photography, and indeed you know a lot of my travel photography as well. You know, I've been fortunate enough to to travel widely and get some amazing places but when you're in those situations like that as i say it's almost like the photography is the icing on the cake yes you're there to witness it and record it Mm. and yeah i i totally i totally get that feeling uh so i i would recommend any of the listeners right now uh, while you're listening to this uh, podcast, if you can head on over to chrisuptonphotography.com and check out his gallery uh, to to see what we're referring to. It's it's one of the first images. Now that you you mentioned what Heather is, it, it yeah. is probably some of my favorite photos that you have. Um, it, it is, I mean, yeah, the 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 sky matching the 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 foreground is <laughs> that that's awesome. Going into your work itself, you are, I would have to say, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, one of the very first Fuji X for, of official X photographers. Am I correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, yes. Um, I think Kevin Mullins has been around a little bit longer. So I joined the, the, the group in 2014. So yep. yeah, it's been six and a bit years, really. Um and, you know, as often happens with these things, I was recommended to the guys at Fuji by um, an existing Fujifilm uh, X-series photographer who was a good friend of mine. And they took a look at my work and said, yeah, this, this looks great. Would you like to, we'd like to come on board. So 
of course, you know, I, I, I grabbed the opportunity and it's, um, you know, it's, it was a great accolade and a proud moment to be asked to do that. And I, and I take it really um, the, the role and the responsibility, you know, very, very seriously. You know, I'm, I'm very well aware of the importance of, of the brand and what it stands for. And, you know, in my previous role, because this for me is, is actually like a second career. So I had yeah. my, my career was in business. So I worked in sales and marketing. So I'm very well aware of, you know, the importance of the brand. And, and so, yeah, it was it was an honor to be asked to be part of it. And I've, I've really enjoyed working with the guys um, and, and really, you know, seeing that brand develop from what was in the first place, you know, one camera body and three lenses. I joined yeah. the X-Pro1 and, and my first camera was the X-E1. Um, which I bought with the 18 to 55. Um, if I say kit lens, it makes it sound a bit disparaging, doesn't it? But as, as many of us know, it, it's not. It's a fabulous little lens, that. Um, and, and I bought it um, to work, to be honest, alongside my DSLR. It was something that I, I just wanted a smaller, lightweight um, you know, package that I could just take out with me when I didn't want to lug the, the big, heavy DSLR kit with me. Yes. So that was the start. And I, I took it out and um, I, I was, you know, I, I joined for the size and weight, but was rapidly um, smitten by the by the by the looks of it, the feel that the the user friendliness, the intuitive nature of of the uh, of the cameras. And and certainly, you know, when I then moved on to the XT series with the XT one, um, you know, it was just having everything available on the top plate, you know, all the, all the major, you know, the dials, the aperture, shutter speed, drive modes, everything available um, makes it just so very, very easy. And I think, you know, let's be honest these days, I think there, there are really no bad cameras out there. Um, you know, manufacturers have done a great job across the board in terms of improving their, their, their products, but it, it's just so important to find a camera that you feel comfortable with, that, that almost, you know, can be a part of you. So it's just like an extension of you. You become second nature to use it. And I think that's, for me, where the Fujifilm brand really works very, very well because, you know, it, it is just so easy to use. And when it's easy to use, you use it more. When you use it more, you're taking more pictures and you just improve your photography. And, you know, I can see, uh, I mean, we all, I guess, whatever level we're at, we're all looking to improve our photography. And, it, and it's interesting to see that how your photography just has improved over the years, not, not only with you know, the technological developments of cameras and lenses, but also just, just your own skills, really, and knowledge and, and ability. So given that, um, f- funny that, that you mentioned that, that that's uh, where I was going to go to next. Uh, you've been a, a Fuji photographer for since 2014 and, and you have been uh privileged to uh experience the the the, the growth and the changes of the the company and, and the the evolution of the gear itself how has that helped shape your photography uh, photography photography work um i i think it's you know it's interesting i i, I said there that you know, I joined for the size and weight and what, what primarily I was looking for was just something that was very small, was the opposite to what I'd got with the, with the DSLR. 
Um, and I think what what's happened since then. So, you know, I, I got the XC1 and moved to the XT1. I then bought the, I tend to be a zoomer because for travel, particularly, I think the versatility of a zoom lens suits my style much better. And I do like using a long lens, um, you know, specifically to either isolate detail or compress perspective. So for me, yeah. to have the longer lenses is important. So I know many people came in and, you know, either with the X100 series or the XE, X Pro and just had the primes, which which are fabulous as well. But I, I bought the sort of trinity of um, of zooms, so the ten to twenty four, the eighteen to fifty five, and the fifty five to two hundred to start with, and and they were all cracking lenses. And I was just amazed when I, I was started then using the XT one alongside the XE one. You know the quality of, um, uh, of of results that I got from that. Um, but as things progressed, I think you know certainly the XT two for me was perhaps the biggest leap you know the xt1 to t2 was a big big leap and i think that was further enhanced with um the firmware updates that that fujifilm uh, provided which I, I have to say you know at the time that the, there weren't many if any uh, companies that used to support their you know their, their customers in that way and i think you know the way that they yeah. had the improvements that they that they offered and continue to offer to existing users is just phenomenal and i know that with, with other brands, you know, you'd, you'd be expecting to get, you know, an XT1 version 2 out and be expected to pay for it. But, you know, when you're almost getting, you know, huge changes to the autofocus system and, and whatever else they, they've added to it, 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 it's just tremendous. And I think, but there was a big leap from the XT1 to the XT2. And, uh, and and that, I think of all the cameras, perhaps that one was my favorite because of that that leap. Um, and in terms of style, I, I've used the the rangefinder style, and I, I like them, but I just prefer the 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 DSLR style. I think it's just one of those things. There's there's not a lot to choose between it. But for me, I think I'd fall down on the on the XT side or XH side of the coin rather than you know the, the X Pro side. Um, but actually, what happened then was that um, as as new lenses and equipment became available what i've actually done now is migrated now to to use the red badge lenses um so as they came out so now my sort of workhorse lens is probably the uh xf 16 to 55 2.8 and the 50 to 140 2.8 and i've still got the 10 to 24 um yeah those two longer zoom or mid and long zoom lenses are just just fabulous i mean the quality on those is just uh is, is just awesome and uh so so actually having joined for the for the size and the weight i've actually <laughs> consciously put a bit more weight back into the system and i have to say that in terms of the x series of cameras then for me, I, I feel more comfortable with those red badge lenses, which themselves are, are a bit bigger and heavier, that the X-H1 body, which I've got, you know, works really well with them. And it seems to balance very nicely. And so I don't know what the future holds, but if there is going to be an X, X-H2, then, you know, I'm sure that'll be a fabulous uh, proposition. I look, look forward to seeing whatever the guys can come up with. Oh, my God, that's dreaming right now <laughs> mm. after seeing everything that was released for the xt4 it's uh yeah i mean 
God, the imagination could go wild uh, with what they could do with the larger body and uh, just just more room to work with. I mean, it's it's really interesting that because um, when you think back to the sort of work that you were producing, and although most of my work is is travel and landscape, I did do a major social documentary project um, five years ago now um, of a colliery in um, a coal mine in Nottinghamshire, which was the last coal mine to close in the county. And I, I doc- yes, and that's about when we spoke. Yeah, that's right. And um, I mean, I documented that over a, almost a year and did a series of exhibitions and, and published a book on that, which was you know really well received. And it was a fabulous project to shoot. I really, really enjoyed it. But that project was shot with the XE1, but primarily the XT1. And you think, you know, that's with the original X-Trans 1 sensor, 16 megapixel. I was producing um, A2 black and white images, which just look so crispy and sharp and contrasty, just, you know, beautiful quality pictures. And you think, well, actually, you know, what what doing it is very easy, I think, to get carried away sometimes with uh, with the equipment that, um, that that's now on offer. And, you know, one of the difficult questions, I get lots of emails and questions from people, you know, what gear would you recommend? And that's a really difficult question to answer because different people, you know, people have different um, drivers, different motivators. For some, it might be price. For some, it might be size and weight. For some, it might be image quality. And so, you know, that's really tough. But for me, then it's image quality. Uh, combined with the user friendliness, that's why you know the, the Fujifilm system is 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 really good. I enjoy it, and, and that's why I've migrated to the um, to the red badge lenses as well. Because for me, it offers the versatility of a zoom, but almost you know with the with the quality of a prime lens. I have the sixteen to fifty five uh, myself, that for but using it for strictly weddings and. Yeah, that that camera is just amazingly fast, and the de- detail is just second to none. Uh, and only recently have I been using it for landscape photography, yeah. and uh, just getting any kind of uh, like just the JPEGs. Uh, th- there's very little editing that I need to do to to the photos in post uh, when you nail the exposure correctly. So I, I 100% agree with you with, with, with those red badge lenses. It, they are just absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah. So being a Fuji X photographer for for so many years, how how has that, that shaped your role? Because you're you're a seasoned ambassador for the company. How has that shaped your career in addition to photography? Just, just what is that role as uh, Fujifilm X ambassador? been to you um well you know i think it it it's been um it's been tremendous uh, i mean it's evolved um you know and uh, obviously new people have come in and 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 changes at, at fujifilm mean you know different approaches which is which is which is great and that's been exciting too um and i think you know for many people it's like um it's a bit of a mystery well what does it mean to be an ex-photographer and you know do they just give you loads of gear and i mean that's a popular misconception that you just get you know um just delivered a, a big box full of gear and and, and it, isn't it wonderful there is kind of a there is kind of an air of uh i don't know if it's an air of mystery but a certain chicness to be considered a fujifilm ex-photographer you don't really hear that uh, uh 
for like other brand ambassadorships. Uh, there, there's some, it, it's almost like, a like, like people are actively seeking out to be brand ambassadors for, for Fujifilm. Yeah. And I think it goes back to, um, just the way that, you know, even before, I remember when, when the system was first launched and, um, I actually went and looked at the X pro one, but for me, it was just a bit too big. And I just felt that, you know, it wasn't, giving me what I really wanted. So a year later, when the XE one came out, that was the perfect solution for me. That's why I moved into it. But around that time, I remember on, on you know, social media as it was then, there was just this, um, you know, groundswell of, um, of, of noise going on around this, this Fuji system and how, how wonderful it was and how sexy it looked and how marvellous the quality was and the JPEGs are to die for and, and all of this. And, and I think that, that I, I I don't seem to pick that up as you say from other brands, and that has just simply sort of developed and perpetuated o- over the years. Um, and I think there seems to be that that stronger relationship I think between the users and the brand with Fujifilm than than I see with um, with other manufacturers. I don't know if that's that's me or what, but that's how it seems to me. Um, and. And that's great. Uh, I mean, and I think that's helped by, as I say, Fujifilm listening to the to the customers, to the consumers, not only the ex photographers, but but the you know the, their users, um, and actually at, you know actioning things and, and working on that to develop what what people are looking for. So I think that's that's really good and that that's helped. But yeah, I, I mean. I'm sure there are a lot of people who who would like to be, you know, an ambassador, and, and you know, things will develop and evolve. I'm sure um, in different ways as we move forward. Um, but I think I think that Fujifilm do value not only their ex photographers, but but you know their their, their customer base. Uh, period. Um, so for me, it's been it's been very good. Clearly, it's been a, a good accolade to have. It's you know it's it's a badge. It's um, a recognition. Uh, which helps. I mean, it, it raises your profile, um, but it's not, you know, it's not just about taking pictures. You know, you have to be able to uh, work with the team and and write features. I mean, I'm often doing blogs. I've just published a blog, which is um, on the Fujifilm, certainly on the UK blog. I'm not sure if it's on, uh, on, a, on a global one yet, or it's on my website, which is um, about shooting summer landscapes. So, you know, you'll often get asked to do things. And I think, you know, being able to write, being able to present, being able to communicate, work with retailers, um, you know, as well as, of course, taking pictures and, you know, testing gear because uh, and that's always a challenge as well, because, you know, when they ask you to to um, test a piece of gear, I I did the XF uh, 16 to 80, um, done the X-T3, the X100F. So, you know, quite a wide range of gear, but, you know, often you don't get very long to, um, to, to work with the products. You don't, you know, you've got to produce the video um, and also you've got to get 10 or 12, you know, fairly decent pictures that, that might be used around the world. So um, if you've got two weeks and in the UK, the weather's not great, then, you know, it's, it's sometimes a bit of a struggle, but, you know, it's a great challenge and, and I really enjoy, um, you know, those, um, those projects. Um, it's it's really good. So yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy all of that. I think it's um, it's not as I say just about taking the pictures. It's it's much more than that. But I, you know, I do enjoy the writing. I enjoy I enjoy the teaching. I enjoy I do a lot of um, camera club lectures as well, 
and of course at the moment with uh, with the way we are i've been doing a lot on zoom and been stuff doing uh, things with uh, clubs um, abroad in the states as well so that's uh, that's been really good and what i enjoy is i always give a lot out so i enjoy helping other photographers develop their photography and of course fujifilm users to to get to know the 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 products better and get the most out of the the brand i mean it's amazing how many photographers don't know those little shortcuts and those tweaks and those sort of workflows and procedures that that i use um you know some people just they just don't read the the manuals which is which is fine they can be a bit daunting um and and they find it really really useful when they come on a workshop or or an overseas tour with me that that just they just want to see how you operate you know how how do you use this kit and equipment so i try and bring that into all my talks as well and give away a lot of hints and tips on uh, on how i shoot uh, which i think you know is um, is very well received by the audiences it's funny that you mentioned the uh, just little tips and tricks with with, with the camera system uh, I've always envisioned Fujifilm to be akin to a clothing equivalent. So like when people ask, which is the best camera to use? Uh, my, my first piece of advice is to just try it on. Um, you, you really need to find the camera that, that, that speaks to you to that feels good to you. So like earlier when you were mentioning the, the feel of the rangefinder style compared to, the XT style, um, it really, I mean, you're getting the same image quality, uh, the same functionality. It's just a matter of which one is, uh, feels good to you. I, I love that about Fujifilm. It, it, it is just a camera that is akin to feeling great and becoming a second nature uh, extension of oneself rather than being uh, uh, just a tool. Yeah, I, I think I think it's really interesting the way that that's sort of begun to uh, change a little bit. So if we go back to the sort of XT2, X Pro 2, they were the same camera in a different clothing, in a different body. Yes. But actually now with the X Pro 3, that is now very obviously very different um, to the XT3. And I think maybe, uh, and I don't know, I'm not party to it and I don't know, but I'm just assuming that what, what Fujifilm are trying to do is to try and differentiate those styles a little bit so that it's not just about, well, one's a rangefinder style and one's a DSLR style. Um, there's a little bit more to it than that. And I think that probably may well further develop as, as we as we move forward. I actually went with the X100V and I am finding myself using that camera for every single situation. It is, it is my litmus test uh, camera. So... Re, uh, recently with, uh, you know, we're all uh, essentially locked down and astrophotography is something that I've been trying out. Hmm. And rather than bringing out my camera and lens, uh, you know, the, the X-T3 and my various lenses, I've only been bringing my X-100V and, and it's been doing a great job. Pretty decent astrophotography photos. I mean, the limitation is right now uh, me. <laughs> I'm not very good at it. Uh, but just experimenting with the camera as my introduction to a particular style of photography has been great. And, and then, you know, with, with that camera, I could just take it anywhere, go out with the family. It's nice and compact, get some great shots or, or 
with with weddings where, where I primarily use it and, and getting nice candids, uh, being able to uh, be compact myself, uh, especially now with, uh, with with everything being as crazy as it is. There's a lot of restrictions in weddings right now. Mm. Uh, so being able to be as maneuverable with a smaller set of gear has been just I mean, lifesaver. I think, although I have said that the, um, the the DSLR style is my preferred style, I remember when I when I when I tested the X100F, um, it was just because I'm I'm just so used to using zooms. Um, I think that it took me a while to to not that long actually, but it it it, it is a change, of course, using a fixed lens, and you just have to accept. I think that that there are some pictures that you just can't take with that camera. Um, but I think if you think more about, well, what can I take and and how, how can I use this camera? I just found it incredibly just liberating to use. You know, it was just to be able to go out with, you know, and, and I was shooting some landscapes with it as well. So all I had was the camera, a couple of batteries and some small filters. And, and that was it. And just to walk around like that was just just incredible and i think you know if you if you're using it as well as you do in a wedding situation or for me with travel with 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 people pictures it's just so much it's less intimidating uh, it's not that physical barrier and and it is just a wonderful that particularly the 100v now i mean with the tilty screen the sharp lens now you know i think it is just um, an incredible camera and and it i'm i've sort of been on the fence whether to whether to jump in and get one myself, despite the fact that I've said that I do much prefer the, uh, the you know, using zoom lenses, but um, it's such a, such a gorgeous camera. Um, and I think in the same way that the X-T2 was a leap up from the X-T1, then the V is very much a, a leap up now from the, from the F. Um, yeah. I think it will be a, a tremendous camera, you know, for some years to come. I'm sure it will. And the funny thing about the V is that, I've actually been using a lot of uh, the video features for it. Uh, it it's something that I, from the reviews I've seen uh, w- with people complaining about the, the heating issue and everything, yeah. I haven't had that problem. And it, it's a nice little camera to have to do kind of B-roll footage with. And I've been doing a lot of that w- w- with that camera. And it's helped me get more involved with the video production again with Fujifilm. Uh, my, I mean, my knowledge of video is really, really small, but throw it on a Turner and it, it, you, you've uh, done a lot of the post-production work right there. Yeah. Uh, it, it's just been so much fun to use. It, it is literally my workhorse camera, all purpose, every situation it, it's able to, to 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 shine in and then um if i need to bring out the heavy guns i'll, I'll throw out the xt3 and the 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 lenses mm. and um and the other lens that i've gotten reacquainted with uh is something that i haven't used in a long time was the the 35 millimeter prime the the f1.4 uh yeah that is one that i sold a long time ago and, and kind of regretted it but I, I recently purchased it and that, that has been uh, such a great re-addition to, to the, to the repertoire. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I bought, I remember when I, um, when I, that, that I think was the first prime lens that I bought. Um, and I sold mine when the F2 version came out because it was weather sealed. Yes. I just felt that, you know, that probably in my situation would be more useful. Um, but I think there is a certain characteristic look and feel with images from that, from that 1.4. And I, I, again, I don't know, but obviously that those lenses were, were developed, what, seven to eight years ago now. So there's been some talk, um, you know, around rumors and whatever that, that they're going to be, uh, refreshed, let's say. And, and I think that would be, um, that that would be tremendous, provided they could keep the, um, the that that look and feel from that one point four because it is um, it is it is so good. They have recently, Fujifilm recently did a great uh, tribute to that lens uh, on on their on their YouTube channel uh, with, with one of their you know, those little documentaries that they mm. do extremely well. Mm. Uh, that has. I think that drummed up uh, some uh, the the rumor mill a bit. If they did such a glowing tribute, that something must be in the works. <laughs> I would say, I would, I would, rec- I would hazard a guess and, and say that sometime next year we're, we're going to see uh, an upgrade to that lens. But that's just me putting on my tinfoil hat. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we don't know. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I totally. Uh, I. I yeah, it, it's I, I don't keep up with the, the the roadmaps or anything like that, but I, I like the surprises. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. But going back to uh, the, the the video, mentioning the video a bit, uh, that was my first introduction to your work. Uh, Fujifilm has done a number of videos highlighting uh, your landscape photography work. And what is it like to work with those film crews? Uh, I mean, I mean, they're promotional videos, but they are very lightly promotional videos. They are they do such a great job of bringing your <laughs> bringing your career into a nice six minute or four minute bite, and I think they're just beautiful works of art in and of themselves. Um, how is it working with those uh, Fujifilm film crews? Uh, well, it's, I've, I think every one of the videos that I've done has been um, handled by a different uh, production company. Um, they've all been brilliant, uh, I have to say. They've been a pleasure to work with, very professional. Um, and what I really find amazing is is what they turn out at the end of the day. And you know, when you when you when you you know incorporate all the you know the still images, the the the, the movie footage, the B roll, uh, the music. Uh, any voiceovers that might be there it, it's just tremendous and you know typically they're they're often a challenge because you you you've only got one day to do them i remember when i did um the the launch for the uh, uh, xt3 um we went out into uh, into the landscape and we had all seasons in one day i mean it was just incredible ne- almost ne- nearly be- being blown over we were in rainstorms. We had bright sunshine. We started the day pre pre sunrise, walking up onto um, on, onto a, a hill, um, and it was just thick. It was just cloudy. It was raining. It was drizzling, and it was just just horrendous. And I almost got to the point. I think it was one of those situations where there were three of us walking up there, and none of us wanted to say, "Hey, 
Shall, shall we call this a day and, and, and you know, let's let's knock this bit on the head and let's try something different. We persevered with it. And often what happens in the landscape, um, you know, at sunrise is that there's usually a little a little um, literally a window between the, the horizon and the base of the clouds. And of course, when the sun pops up, it pops up into that little gap and then it, it lights up the landscape. And fortunately, that's what happened. And so, you know, despite all what we were fearing, we did manage to get some uh, some good footage and I got some decent stills from the, you know, from the sunrise. And then from there, we sort of moved on and and, and the day developed. Um, But, you know, it it takes a whole day, sometimes a bit longer to produce, you know, a video clip, which might be nowadays, I think they tend to be shorter than they were in the early days. So they're probably now anything between two and three minutes. Um, but you know you can be sh- well. You'll be shooting all day to produce that two to three minutes worth of, uh, of footage. Um, so yeah, I mean, I take my hat off, hat off, hat off to the guys because um, you know, as I say, every one of them has been a pleasure to work with and uh, very professional. And uh, yeah, it amazes me what they uh, what they produce. To be perfectly honest, do you get to dictate what the subject is going to be, or is that something that's uh that they suggest uh no i think i think what happens is that they will select obviously whichever uh ex photographer is is the most suited to that particular bit of kit or equipment and and then it would be in terms of location so for me it's been about sort of landscape or or stroke travel um and and therefore they'll uh, you know They'll leave it to me, to be honest, to, to a certain extent as to where would you recommend? We'd like to work with you on this on this launch um, where, you know, we've got some thoughts or where would you recommend? So it's been it's been a bit of a dialogue between us, to be perfectly honest, which is which has been good. Um, you know, I, I, you need to know an area as well, obviously, because, you know, you need all options for good weather, bad weather, particularly if you're doing the landscape. So, you know, I've done a fair few around where where I live or in the Peak District which has been on the one hand, it's been good, but, you know, it'd be nice to, um, to travel a bit further afield, but um, they've, <laughs> they've been very good. Very good indeed. Yeah. Right on. And finally, like where once, uh, once the world reach, reaches some sort of normalcy, uh, what, what kind of projects do you want to do uh, moving forward? Um, has, has there been, has recent changes, world changing the way it is, has that kind of changed what you want to do or do you want a vision? Um, yeah, for me, I think my focus is going to be, very, I feel almost like um, I've just, it's been pent up all this desire to, to get out. And I mean, the landscape stuff here in the UK is not too bad because for quite a while now we've been able to travel. And of course, the landscape means that you're outdoors. I can be on my own. I can be away from people. So that's not too much of a barrier you know traveling within the uk and staying over has been until recently we've not been able to do that but being able to get out you know uh, fairly locally hasn't hasn't been an issue and if you want to drive you can go a long way in the uk you know driving for two hours so three hours um so i can get to the coast or i can you know get out and about so that's not been too much of an issue what has been frustrating, though, is the lack of uh, international travel. So, you know, I, I, I run workshops abroad, as I mentioned earlier, which I've had to have had to cancel um, and postpone until next year. And I'd also got some plans to recce some exciting new locations 
uh, for next year, which I wanted to go to. And um, I mean, I've been before, but I needed to go again and just do a final recce. So I wanted to go there and I've not been able to do that this year. So, so for me, I just it's almost like I just feel a bit pent up. So I'm looking forward to being able to travel abroad again and uh, and do some of the workshops and, and tours because, I, you know, I really do like that. I only travel with a small group. I only have six people so I can give them a lot of one to one time within a group situation um, and their locations that I know really well. So, you know, we have a great time and, and I've missed that. You know, I really have. And, and also the opportunity to be able to to build on that with with more new, exciting uh, locations as well. So so I think that for me is um, is, is certainly something that I'm, I'm looking forward to, as well as being able to get out and about a bit further afield. And certainly my favourite time of year in the landscape is the autumn. So, you know, we're not so far away from that now. And hopefully things will at least continue under control in the UK as, as they are at the moment. And, you know, we're not going to have any more restrictions uh, placed on us, uh, which means that, you know, we'll be able to get up to the Lake District and perhaps Scotland as well and do some photography uh, a bit further afield. Yeah. <clears throat> Autumn is just like right around the corner. That just, yeah, uh, losing track of time. That just, this year has been Going by extremely slow, but yeah, it's extremely great, fast. But scary. <laughs> great. <laughs> Chris, it's been great chatting with you. Uh, I highly recommend everybody checking out your website and your Instagram. Uh, can you tell the world where they could find uh, all of that to to so that they can see your work? Yeah, sure. Um, so my website is uh, chrisuptonphotography.com. And uh, from there, it will take you to all the other social media sites uh, and links. Um, and if you, there'll be a little pop up there. If you want to receive a newsletter from me, you can subscribe to that. And uh, I don't inundate you with, with newsletters every five minutes, but uh, it'll just keep you abreast of what's happening. And uh, Facebook and Instagram is the same. It's Chris Upton Photo. Um, so um, awesome. I'd be delighted to, um, to, to, see, uh, to see a few of you... Um, um, touching base with me that'd be great and it's just amazing landscape work uh, again you were one of the first uh real influences i you and kevin mullins kevin mullins for the obvious reasons for in my case with the wedding photography but uh the the landscape uh, it, it was you and oh my god i can't remember the other photographer's name peter i think oh pete uh, Pete Bridgewood, yes. Pete, yeah. Oh my God, I, I remember just watching your little documentaries, uh, like every other day, just for the inspiration. Because one, they were really well produced. Two, the locations that you were uh, showcasing were just absolutely breathtaking, and it, it, it was one of those where it's. Uh, uh, just watching them to, to kind of lift your mood in, in a day. Um, they were, I still have them saved to my playlist. <laughs> those, those two videos, um, they, they, they're they just gorgeous. And I highly recommend everybody go uh, check out your work. Go to Fujifilm's uh, YouTube channel to check out the uh, little documentaries about you, uh, about your photography uh, they are so well produced and you get to see so much in, in such a short amount of time that it, it's just worth 
having that on the uh, on the playlist. So, Chris, awesome talking to you again, and uh, I look forward to seeing uh, what you have. Is there anything that you want to promote that that is coming up for you? Um, of different workshops that that people should be aware of. Um, well, there are uh, workshops now which I'm taking bookings for for next year. Um, there's a couple of places on on a Venice trip uh, in uh, in March when we're going to go in March, and uh, Cinque Terre in Italy uh, in April. Um, so there's still a couple of places on on those available, um, and they're just fabulous tours. I mean, Venice is is perhaps my favourite. People, that's another question that I get. You know. Where's your favourite place that you that you've been to? Well, I, I think perhaps it's it's Venice because it is just such a photographer's paradise. It, it really is. And and going there in the in the winter when I normally do my tours, anytime between November and and early March, is just uh, is just fabulous. And um, so I've got a tour going there in in March. Uh, Cinque Terre is April. Uh, my Santorini one in in May is um, is full at, at, at the moment. So if anyone wants to join a wait list. Um, or if I get enough people, I'll, I'll do another one. Um, so, uh, so that would be good. So no, I mean, it, everything's on there. And as I say, I will be adding more locations. So if you want to keep, uh, keep abreast of that, just, um, sign up on the newsletter and, um, I'll be delighted to inform you. Excellent. And again, always a pleasure. You're welcome back to come on to, to the show to talk about anything. I could just sit back and just listen to your stories all day. Um, but it was a pleasure talking to you, man. I'll, we'll, we'll talk next time. Thank you very much, Mark. It's been a pleasure for me too. All the best. Thank you one more time to Chris Upton for a tremendous interview. I had such an awesome time chatting with him, and I can't wait to talk to him in the near future. Uh, he is just such a font of knowledge when it comes to landscape photography, as well as using the Fujifilm gear. If you have the chance definitely check out his website or his Instagram feed and just enjoy his work. It is, especially nowadays, it's just such a therapeutic thing to do to just see some great looking landscapes and you'll be happy that you did. His work is just that phenomenal. And thank you for listening. Once again, this show is brought to you by Fujilove Magazine. For the latest and greatest in all things Fujifilm X-Series or GFX, head on over to fujilove.com where you can find some great articles, great imaging, and so much more. Uh, check it out at fujilove.com. I am Mark Sadowski, and I'll talk to you next time.